podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with The Athletic. If you haven't signed up yet, uh, do consider doing so. Uh, Theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap and also take advantage of all sorts of offers uh, in terms of subscribing and checking out the fabulous writing they've got across uh, the next 12 months or so. In front of me for The Anfield Wrap, I've got Philippa Smallwood, I've got Kev Walsh, I've got Adam Amelia waving to Fuad as he closes the door, having set the cameras up, and Rob Gutman. Uh, I was to waving talk. to the cameras. Waving <laughs> to the cameras. You always are, and they love you. Um, we... Uh, <laughs> We are all giddy, all ridiculously happy. Liverpool's late 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. A victory that's broadly speaking deserved. Uh, Liverpool never stopped working, never stopped grafting. And Rob Gutman, you were there at Villa Park yesterday and you got the ultimate in Villa Park celebrations. Yes, it went off as you'd expect. It was a very, very, you know, it was Burnley-esque. I was concerned you might have got a dart, but you didn't get a dart. You no, stuck no, it out. No. I'm not I'm not darting when the game's in the balance. I wasn't that... Dist- I, I felt, as you do with this Liverpool team, that there was something in it for us, however late it got. I wasn't backing a 2-1 win of five minutes to go, but I, I felt there was a goal in it for us. And actually, after we got the goal, I felt there was another goal in it for us. I, I did the proverbial, just give us one more chance, boys. <laughs> one more chance and we'll definitely take it. In a Cockney accent, my thought. Of was, course. So well, everything's in a Cockney accent. Cockney, yeah, so it always comes back to me, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, so what, yeah, what you said, yo? Yes, and they they were singing those, those all the Cockney songs at us, which made it that bit sweeter. Like your support is fucking shit, and all that. So, it's, it's mad how wherever people are from in the country, there's a certain set of songs that they have to sing in Cockney. They did, and Villa did the full repertoire, every every single one. So actually, I did something I you know haven't done for a while. You did you just, front the end? I fronted the end. Because uh, yes, we, we, we were just about well, yeah, in a, in a way, <laughs> absolutely safe. <laughs> Very, very safe. Did point just, point to someone and get them to get outside. You'll fucking get it. I waved cheerio at them. <laughs> you cheerio. I cheerio and V signed them. Did you do any shouted. ironic calm down arms? So that, that, that's, <laughs> ironic, that's, ironic. That's, that's scouse racism. If I can't reclaim it, even um, to the extent I was giving it, so, I was blood vessels bulging and. Sp- giving them all, all the, the hands. I'm suggestions. so pleased you gave it large. I gave it large and then I got my hair ruffled on the way down by I think a, a, a lad who's evidently an Anfield Rap subscriber going, well in Bobby G or something. <laughs> Get in. Wasn't there a ball felt, boy on the wind-up? Sorry? Did you see the ball boy on the wind-up? There was a ball boy a bit slow at one point, wasn't there? He was a little pricking. Mm. Yeah, I watched, you could see him on the telly. Every time a ball, like he was just getting involved in stuff that had nothing to do with him, mm. honestly. I was, Jay Cutler said he'd give him loads at the end of the match, like so. Yeah, like at least that. he got his comeuppance. <laughs> it's a low threshold. We can't yeah. <laughs> Hi, James. So it is, it is basically, Rob, it's... You can do all the cliched stuff and listen. Yeah. This we may end this show having a bit of a conversation about the fact of I Liverpool. Can you stop getting yourselves into these messes a little bit and stop doing this? Because at some yeah. point you're going to go to this particular well and you're going to find it dry. But you're just not quite sure where that point is at the minute watching this side. Because I I was like you. I it gets to eighty and I'm thinking it's, there's something in this. There's definitely something in this. As soon as it goes in, like the players themselves, you're thinking right. There's time for another. They're going to get it. They're going to at least create a chance if not make it two one. Yeah. The difference between, I mean, you know, we've won, is it now f- effectively four or five games with late winners almost on the bounce, isn't it? Um, but there's been different nuances in all of them. The Spurs game, we go behind very unfortunately and immediately step up and play very well for the entire game and have thoroughly deserved winners. We were a bit slow to react. I suppose you could argue we get we get the disallowed goal and all the controversy that surrounds that. But for me, we didn't really start playing like Liverpool until about the 55th minute-ish. And then... 
you know, it got to the point, like, after watching 15, 20 minutes of us bombarding and go, we're playing really well, we're a really good team, and really good teams who keep doing this and have the capacity to do this and didn't let them out, really, uh, will will prevail in the end. But, and the other thing to bear in mind in mitigation for the fact that it took us so long to get going is Villa aren't a small club, and you're reminded of that when you're back in that big, interesting, nice ground given any encouragement a goal lead and that it was you know they could have been villa from any area as far as that crowd was concerned they were very up for it very <coughs> behind them i've you know skittered them for being terrible wolves in their chance but they, but they were they were good support for the for the home team and we were actually very very muted it wasn't a good away end i've got to say that had been being part of it and culpable as well but it wasn't a great away end and that was a, it was an intimidating ground i would it's, say it was the speed with which it got nervy i think is the thing kev they they Villa don't create very much, but what they do create, even when they don't get the shot away, for instance, the second half counter-attack, all feels significant. They all feel like good opportunities, good opportunities to score. And I think that might be one of the reasons why the crowd ended up a little bit muted, was there's only so many times you can watch your side give away good chances before you begin to go, oh God, no matter how well you're doing at the other end of the pitch, which I mean, at times Liverpool weren't doing brilliantly in the game, but you are always a little bit like, oh God. And then suddenly when Liverpool put the pressure on, it all changes. Yeah, but that, I think what made the changes was actually the substitutions. They were... That was the difference maker. Once we made the first two substitutions, we put them under a lot of pressure. And then when Cater come on, he really got, thought he's done very well. Um, I think, in terms of not the, giving away the chances, we give them away. But like even the one, the second half one where McGinn gets it across and it's just Van Dyke. It's like the ball's just attracted to him, just stays away, takes it out. But they were they were up. And, but same as you, Rob. I I just knew we I knew we'd win. In fact, I I was still confident after eighty five minutes that we'd win because we just looked like. They we pushed them and pushed them and pushed them. They had not. I wouldn't say they they'd been under tremendous pressure like we can put teams under, but they they, they knew they were in a game. And as we were getting further and further into it, you're just looking at them thinking they're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and just a little bit more ragged. And it was a lot more like just get rid of it and just and we'll deal with it when it comes back. So we just kept the pressure on to them, and it, it's just another it shows another way that we just go as you say. Whatever it takes to win, we do it. And it's you say about the late goals there. I think it's our last six games. There's only the last goal in them. Two of them are in the ninety plus minutes. One of them is in the eighty plus minutes. And the, I think the Tottenham one's seventy five or something like that. So I think that it's, it's a game plan for Liverpool. We, we don't panic. We don't start throwing at kitchen sink at teams. We know the teams are wilt because of the pressure they're under, and we just keep doing the same things we we do all the time, and it works. Uh, we do stay on them, uh, Philippa, and I think that that's the, for me, what I love about the Robertson goal is it looks like the Mane goal. Yeah. That's what I really like about it. It looks like the Mane goal, sorry, not the Mane goal, the Mane, the Mane headed, that, that, that header that doesn't go in, the Mane chance. And what I like about that is that Liverpool Liverpool don't worry about trying to get clever. They don't do two things. They don't start giving away daft free kicks and having shots from 40 yards, but what they also don't start trying to do is completely change what's worked or what they feel will work for them they keep doing what they feel will work and the similarities between those two chances in the end you know just because Mane doesn't score doesn't mean it didn't work in the first place if you see what I mean yeah you know the chance is still there and if he takes it ends in a goal doesn't it but I, I think what impresses me more about this side is when you've got fans like myself who are basically losing every kind of amount of control that you can possibly have these players just don't so yesterday was the first time I've probably felt it's not going to happen. And that might have been because I wasn't, you know, in the ground and I wasn't, you know, maybe involved in all of that. But at some point you, you have to feel that it's not actually going to work for us. Um, but the players just don't seem to take on that same 
doubt, I suppose, that I do. They don't feel sorry for themselves. No, no. And, the, you know, even like the, the two goals that they have, you know, you could look at the first one and, you know, it's such a controlled cross into the box. It's just inch perfect. And to not panic and not just be throwing balls into the box and just, you know, going, right, you try and deal with whatever we throw at you. It's it's still in a controlled way. And I think I think that's what impresses me more than anything about them. Um you know, and even like when we when we have the um, the free kick with Trent, you know, I, I myself was like, oh, it's gone now, you know, because at first you can't really tell that it's taken a nick off anybody. You just think it's gone over the bar, and you know, straight away Trent's running over to the corner, and he's like, no, here's another chance, you know, and just that, just never giving in. Um, it's it's just incredible, really. I'm just sorry. While while you were talking, I was just thinking about what Kev had said as well about. The changes and the, this sort of relentlessness, this sort of scoring late in games. Everyone starts saying, "Oh, we're a bit like Ferguson's United. They have, they were never done. They always had them." But you know what they had, which I, you know we stopped remembering. They had they had real good options off the bench. I made a yeah. huge. So you get to the you get to the sixty fifth minute. You'd see them be behind. You'd be delighted they'd be behind, and then you'd see them bring on two or three lads who would start in our team at that age at least. And you go for fuck's sake, and I you know. We may be complacent about how strong our bench is now because they we're all so familiar with these lads. Kite is a sixty million pound signing still, regardless of his travails, and he, you know he has that potential in him. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain was a, a discounted thirty five million pound signing. We've seen what he can do. Divock is a top top player when he wants to be, and we brought three players of that quality into the mix against tiring legs against a team who are barely. They're just out the championship. Mm. We won that. I suppose once we once we cut out all the mentality monsters and, and believe our own mythology to a degree, I think that is the biggest factor. I do think uh, we maybe make it a little bit hard for ourselves at times. I think that's maybe something that you touched on before, and I think Klopp sort of touched on. It's not that we not that we played badly in the first half because we play quite well. Um, it's that. It's almost that it's too much of the game plan that we know that we we do things late on and we and we're stretching the t- the, the 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 other team and we're uh, you know we're we're, we're going to tire them out and they will be tired and then we'll we'll profit from it. But I think that at times we sort of miss miss opportunities to play better and play, not better but more ruthlessly. I think in first halves. Yeah, I, think, and, I don't. Think, I don't think we turn Villa around particularly well in the first half at all. And when we on the couple of occasions when we do, one is the disallowed goal. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's been going on all season. Like you sort of go back to Southampton, and, and it's a, a kind of similar thing. There's been well, there's a few away performances. Only Burnley really has been the the, the, the thing that I think we should do more. And I don't really see why we're not really because it's the the, the teams are, that, that we're playing are of of a similar sort of quality. I thought Aston Villa were going to give us a game yesterday, to be fair, and I did. I was really worried about dropping Fabinho. I could see it coming. Everybody could see it coming, but I was really worried about it because I was thinking, this is this looks. I mean, it's all sorts of things. You're writing their team sheet. They're, they're, they're you know the manager's pre-match speech for them. They're saying that you know not not playing their proper team. You know, it was just giving them the extra bit of impetus they need. Plus, it actually weakens us obviously because. Fabinho is our like has been our one man midfield at times, um, but I, I think that that having, I, 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 you said game plan didn't you, Robin? I just think that is sometimes too much of our game plan. Our game plan is that we know it's gonna it, it's gonna come late. There's and, continuity, isn't there? These away performances from last yeah, season, the, yeah. the ones that you and I were in grounds were fresh. Yeah, about. Watford and things like that, where where, where it's Fulham where it's nil, away, nil nils away. at half time, and and you know we're we're just absolutely Cardiff away Ooh. tearing our hair out and seeing each other in the concourse. Brighton away, here was another yeah. one. Yeah, so and and I do think that there's I don't really know what the answer is because we've won all these games that we're mentioning, but that you do sort of think that at some point 
it seems like that 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 it's it, it, that, that we can't keep going to the well that you said that your phraseology to start with neil but i mean we've shown that we have re- repeatedly gone to that well and you you know klopp doesn't mind winning a game by one goal we've seen it he doesn't mind winning 2-1 right at the end he's not particularly bothered about the kind of 6-1 thrashings that city routinely dole out so i didn't watch the game yesterday just before you, you move on neil i was it was one of those ones where i couldn't catch it and it's funny when you're watching all the games you know when you when you can't watch the game and you end up watching all the games and yesterday's three o'clocks were a great a great example of of, of of the premier league i thought it was like a really really exciting day it was a brilliant match of the day actually as well and i think that there's something to be said for how it felt when we were losing and City were winning and how it must feel for them now because you could see it on match of the day you could see City's celebration it's so funny that they denied it afterwards that they were they weren't celebrating more because they thought Liverpool had lost they were it was obvious and it's a good I think, point that about the loss of the three o'clock and that yeah. con- that simul- simultaneous uh, playing. Yeah, it, and it, and it only happens a few times. So when we beat um, yeah. we beat Leicester last season. No, did we beat we beat Newcastle and City lost to Leicester? Yeah, that's and that was right. that, they were two three. O'clock, Great day so, and and a huge day and and it it was that sort of thing yesterday and you don't get that many of them through the season but it feels like there's something extra there even though points wise there isn't but there's a there's a huge mentality psychology thing there go that, that's gone on yesterday and it's just it's just as i say it's just interesting because you end up kind of like aggregately watching them all because i've got my hand I'm, for those not watching i've got my hand here like i'm looking at my phone and i've got all the scores there there's, he, he is i can <laughs> there's sort of taking the game from the from the start kev there's something in the in the the idea Liverpool are happy to sort of take the time a little bit there's a very good early chance for Villa and you can sort of go well you know we'll be all right in the end and all of that sort of stuff but my what mild worry if I'm the manager isn't so much the idea that they've got the ball they're in our half it's the quality of chances they're actually getting they are a little you know Premier League goals Premier League footballers from the edge of the area with no one no real pressure on the ball should do a little bit better than he does there up I mean Alisson deals with it really well and Alisson so and it's a big game for Alisson yesterday in general I think I think you get to see a lot of what he's really good at and how he intimidates the opposition and makes them do things differently even though they get the goal in the game Villa but even there you know there is a minor worry that they're getting good chances it's not just that they're getting chances they only have five shots but four of them are good chances yeah but um, I think we've all got to remember like as good as we are and we want to bladder teams every week that it's the Premier League you're not going to get games like that Villa, Villa get to be good as well yeah exactly yeah Villa, Villa are in front of as you said about 40,000 of their own fans who are making a noise they've had a, a decent enough start to the season you've got some good players we've got no god given right to just turn up there and roll them over 3 or 4 nil. we've got a battle for some games like you saw about games from last season that Southampton game we ended up winning 3-1 last year when Salah gets that goal we've had to battle for every part of it that's how you win leagues City get the occasional big win away from home but the grind results out as well and I think Liverpool are we're in very much in the mode now of well yeah we'll do whatever whatever it takes if if we can do a performance like Burnley and I think Burnley historically were better than they are this season they're, they're very timid this season so and I think we played them like that everyone else has sort of come at us and know that if, if you try and get in in our faces at least you might get them chances but the thing is you're getting them chances because Adam Lallana's playing at number six so listen I didn't think he had a good game yesterday I thought he should have come off at half time maybe so. If we've got a player like that in there instead of Fabinho, you're going to 
you're going to lose chances to teams because Fabinho is head and shoulders the best defensive centre mid in the league. And if he's not playing, you're going to you're going to be lacking. It's mm-hmm. a massive risk that the club's taking, isn't it? I mean, and we were talking about it all week. I'm putting sort of said that they knew they knew that, that he was going to do it. But putting Lallana in, there, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put Lallana. putting Lallana in. It was was batty because I, I thought his performance against Arsenal was it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. And I think it, sometimes with Klopp, it's like, well, the more you tell me not to do this, the more I'm going to do it. <laughs> And is he not playing well? You know what? You want to come off? Well, guess what? He's going to be the last sub. It's like he wants to contradict you, but I think he also wants to say to Adam Lallana, "Listen, I trust you. Don't care what anyone else is saying." Dejan Lovren the same. You didn't think he played well? No, didn't think he played well, well at all. I thought he, he was in the way a lot. His movement was terrible. Lallana, yeah. I thought first half he was poor. Yeah, he was, every time. He, second half, not it was so like him and it was like him and Henderson were sort of were on a string five yards from each other, and he just. They were always in a straight line. It just it, it didn't work for me at all. I didn't think the midfield. And I didn't think Genie played well either. Yeah, in, in the ground there was a sound. I mean, you you just pick up the, the more of an opinion poll, don't you, when you're in a ground run? Yeah. And the, the, there was a sort of I know I know fans directly watching it are whingers, but there was a consensus that the midfield just was not functioning. And they, none of them were playing well, but they all sort of turn it around second half, as as do the whole team. Well, do the th- substitutions turn it around well, more. Yeah, than well, okay, but, uh, but everybody. Well, Hen- yeah, I know, but Henderson plays, for example, much yeah. better second half. I do think. One I, th- of I think. Those, I think the, the, sub, the really interesting thing about the substitutions is I don't think either of the subs. I think Oxley Chamberlain does pretty well, but I think the thing that changes on the substitutions is I think you can almost draw a direct line as to how much sort of Robertson, definitely Mane and Henderson improve after the subs. It's almost like it's almost like a new game. It's almost like it changes everything, and it's not so much that the subs themselves do anything particularly brilliant. It's that from that moment, pretty much Henderson's like a man reborn. I, th- I was begging for him to come off at the moment he's making the subs like he's my number one guy to come off and the way he plays in that last half an hour he's absolutely tremendous this like, like Southampton away that, that Kev mentioned before sorry it's just a quick point that that was what, how he was at the end of the Southampton away was like how he was yesterday but, he'd be, but he'd been brought he on in that one yeah, he was no actually one subbed on there oh, this, was, one, yeah, yeah. this one he wasn't even subbed on and he just completely changed yeah. he goes from giving it away cheaply and Always feeling like he's in the wrong place. To suddenly, I think he's you know. He, I mean, he doesn't. The stats say he doesn't. He doesn't get. He only gives it away twice in the last in, in the last half an hour. He's in the fight. He passes through the final third more than anybody else. He's suddenly everywhere. Henderson, but he, before that, but I was genuinely when when the board's going up and people they're about to make a sub. I'm like, please let him take Henderson off. Please think, let him take him. I off. think Henderson. I, I didn't think this yesterday. It's only just occurred to me now. So maybe may total shit. But I, I think that has happened there probably because with the other two not playing well. Henderson's the type of player who feels like he's got to take more responsibility on and probably changes his own game to try and adapt, mm. especially with Lallana. I think... Refused him I a bit. Yeah, against Arsenal the other night. his game to, to, to babysit a, few, a couple of people last night. Again. Exactly, and you can, throw, you, can, you can carry a certain... You can carry players like that more at home, but if you've got a three-man midfield away to Aston Villa and two of them are not playing well, which is therefore bringing the level of the third down, it's going to be a struggle. And... You need the players to take responsibility more than I felt like they did yesterday. Do you think Klopp underestimated uh, going what going to that ground was? But he's only done it once before. And I think we win six 0 or something. I think there was a degree to which he th- he thought we would dominate and they would sit deep, like we were playing Henk away effectively. I think he thought we'd have that sort of game to. Do you? I wonder with that select because but he's he got the data of the match before when Villa go to City and, and front foot put it on the toes for the half, first half. I, I know. I, well, okay. Notwithstanding that, I, ju- I just remember his quote pre-season when they t- he talks about playing Lalana in the six. 
And he said, and he caved it. Well, of course, the idea, I'd only play him in the six in a game where we expect to be totally dominant or words to that effect. So I thought if he was playing him, it was a signifier to me that he expected us to push them, to have them, incre- as we actually eventually did. Well, we have 75% like possession, yeah. didn't we? So, the Villa so, version of this podcast is talking about how, how big a miss Grealish was, I suspect. And I wonder whether, whether who knows whether whether it, that, that it's impacted what, Klopp did specifically around deciding to play Lallana or not but I think that we were likely to have less of the ball and that, that Villa might have had more chances if Grealish had been playing because he's a good player I can't help but feel that with um, with Klopp yesterday I think he's 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 gambled a little bit on the Villa result and he's kind of gone I still think that we will have enough to be able to to win at Villa Whereas if we don't have Fabinho in our midfield for Man City, the chances of us winning that game are a lot less than what they are of us winning at Villa with the lesser players in there. There's another game here though, isn't there, Philippa as well, which is worth remembering. So for instance, he's just put 90 minutes into Milner, a fullback against yeah. Arsenal in a pretty intense game in the end. It probably wasn't meant to be, but it was. He's got to also put a team on the pitch against Genk. Yeah. And he's got to have a team on the pitch against Genk that's going to function for him as he wants and go from there. And I wonder if, again, another thing that's in his mind for the Villa game is I've also got to, I want to rest a few of these lads who are playing today against yeah. Genk. And then, but I've got to, therefore, I've got to juggle just a little bit more than maybe he would if it would just, just sort for being, you know, out. Don't worry about that. But he has got a game on Tuesday. It's not even Wednesday. It is Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the only thing that I would say to counter that a little bit is there is a little bit of a gap before the City game then. Um, but I think we said this last season as well. Klopp wasn't last season. Klopp wasn't just like looking at the next game. He was looking like three, four, five games in front, and he was saying, "Right, what do I, What can I do in this game that's going to help me in the future games?" And I think that is what we saw yesterday. He said it loads that he's going to have to juggle his players around a lot more this season. That you know, he's, the fact that we've actually got Lallana available, which we didn't have for huge parts of last season, he's he's not only available, but he's actually fit enough um, to actually start games. And I think we have to kind of like trust the players as much as maybe Klopp does. Um, all right, you know, you can look at it, you can say Lallana maybe didn't work yesterday with the players that he was playing with. But if Lallana has, say, maybe one of Henderson and Wijnaldum alongside him and one of Cater or Oxlade-Chamberlain, maybe it works a little bit better, maybe the balance is better. We've seen Lallana play with Ox and Cater recently and that's not worked because the balance just hasn't quite been right. And it, to me, part of it is just about finding that right balance of what you can change and who can play with each other. I think there's a thing in the game where Wijnaldum struggles with McGinn. Kev, I think that's worth saying. I think that it's they're almost up against each other in that little area. It's hard to even define it as to where it is on the pitch because we're, we're so unconventional a lot of what we do. But that sort of area around their left back, around uh, sorry, around their right back, around our left side of forward for the first hour or so, you did feel as though McGinn was getting the better of that little battle there. Yeah, but again, he's a good player. He's he's, he's got the right to play like that because he's got the ability to do it. And he's tied. He's probably tied up Wijnaldum a little bit. I think normally you see a player like that. And if your midfield's on song, you, you see him taken out of the game. But the problem is, if the midfield's not playing well, it becomes more obvious that their player is getting the better of somebody. Was it that the midfield's not playing well, or also that Mane wasn't? Because that's the thing about the first hour. Mane very much, he gives away a lot of fouls. He looks like he, he seemed to me to just be a little bit subdued. And then again, the subs happen, and it's a completely new lease of life for him. He's brilliant for the last half an hour. They can't live with him. He gets a goal, he gets the assist. He's tremendous in that run, but that's after he swaps sides. Yeah, but I don't think... 
the first half, Manny didn't play well. I agree with you there, and he gave, he gave the free kick away for the goal, obviously. But I don't think it was anything to do with the front three. And like, obviously, I understand that they don't. Nobody plays in a vacuum. They're all, they all are on the pitch together. But the midfield dragged the rest of our team down. I thought it's like I, 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 I sound like I'm going too, too over the top here. They were <laughs> absolutely horrible. I thought they played quite well. So I'm really intrigued. Honestly, I thought they were absolutely terrible. First I, half, I, I agree with you. I yeah. thought I thought they were awful. I thought. It was it was the movements that's I think that's the thing that struck me the most. There was a couple of times where Lalana was he was on the edge of the box and they camped in there and he's the type of player you think that's where he should be. He should be able to receive the ball in a tight area and put a little pass through. That's what that's what he's good at. But it just wasn't working for him. It was almost as if he didn't know where he was supposed to be. And obviously that's a little bit of ring rust. But I think that this is it's an experiment to be playing Lalana in the, the midfield six or whether he actually played there yesterday I don't know because we, we pushed quite far up but it, for, for me it's not it's not a thing it's not it's not a championship winning decision to make that I don't, it's not something I want to see a lot of this season yeah I, I, I agree with you I thought that we were giving the front three too much to do first half and Salah I'm sure we'll come on to talk about him wasn't at the races because he looked like he was protecting his body yeah. for, the, for the fitness reasons he's had Manny had to do a lot of the heavy lifting I felt yesterday I thought but Firmino was Firmino-esque. He wasn't quite as at it, I think, as he can be. Um, and I think the midfield, they just weren't, no, no one was breaking. No one was, was getting between the lines. Uh, and it felt, I, I actually sort of, I don't. I can't disagree if people say Mane didn't play particularly well, but I, I always think great players watch them when they're not playing particularly well. And I think he still contributes enormously in that mm-hmm. phase. His his little glance. I mean, he has three great headers. Well, you know, he has three headed chances in that game. One he puts in, one he gets saved, and one he puts wide. The glancer in the first half he puts wide, but it's incredible strike. That's a good chance. It? That one and the last is golden. It's a golden opportunity, but he gets in there, and on another day we're coming into half time, going there he is, Sadio getting our first goal again. The fact that he gets pulled down for the penalty, it's not you know, it just shows it just shows willing or not penalty for the the dive. The fact that he does two fouls which goes to their goal, to me, to me, yeah, it works against us. But it's him who's doing the defending. Yeah. He's a front three player doing, do, trying to do some earnest defending. I think he has a, I think it's a really good game if you analyse every single bit of it from his point of view, from, from start to finish. He doesn't always get his rewards. It's a frustrating game for him, but I still think he plays very well. I mean, <laughs> from looking at the whole 90 minutes, you can say that, yeah. And and you know I, I, this is the, I, I as I said before I didn't watch it live so I've watched it afterwards, but I think it's it's a bad first half. I think Manny has a bad things first aren't half. coming off for him. I agree, but I don't think he's anonymous. He's always there. You might I used to say we talk about when when Dalglish played badly. He was yeah, always I mean, in the thick of it. And Rob, I prefer- don't, don't get me wrong. I think he is our main man at the minute, mm. and he's the one who is you can you know you can see see it in his eyes. You can see the title in his eyes. He's trying to. Yeah. I think if you know, anything, he's, the performance he's, dra- he's dragging us. He's dragging us. He's trying to drag us there. I think if anything, the, what makes the performance in the second half more impressive to me, and even after sort of fifty-five minutes, is how poor he is up yeah. until that happens. The idea that he, he pulls that performance out of himself and to drag us over the line is what makes it to me all the more impressive. Mm. Not the idea I'm saying he was crap throughout, but it's the idea that yeah. he really finds something and says, so "I'm not the, having this today." The thing and and. and People are almost uh, this season more than I can remember in previous seasons talking about kind of not exactly off the field but non-footballing things that Mane's doing at the moment and uh, you know sort of you know the, the argument of Burnley and the one that, that came up again yesterday was him trying to drag the team back to the halfway line when we equalise at Old Trafford and I, I think they must have talked about that afterwards because yesterday the none of them none of them decided that they they were you know they were celebrating an equaliser it was 
because we must have what minute did we score 87, eight, eight, 85 at Old so, Trafford 87 yesterday so, so do you see what I mean we, we've we've learned from from that you know the the the, the, the Having the, the wrong mentality at that point, and and uh, and 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 it's Mane. Mane is the one who's who's trying to drag drag them back to the halfway line at Old Trafford, and they, they no one needs dragging yesterday. Uh, Robertson lead, leads the charge, and, uh, and and we we do the thing that we should have done there, and that's you know I, I hope that that's the last time we decide that one one at Old Trafford is good. He multitasks, Robertson. I noticed he he does his celebration whilst running back yeah. to the halfway. Yeah. Very <laughs> good. Lots of running. Exactly I, I do think fives. at Old Trafford, one of the things that infl- I think if I think if Mane scores or, or Salah scores at Old Trafford, or Robertson maybe they just go and get the ball. But I think yeah. it's partially because it is Lallana yeah. yeah. and yeah. it's off everything that he's gone through. So they have the mm. they, they almost feel as though they need to they need to do a bit of that. But that's separate. And Mane is trying to drag them there. Philip, just sort of as we're pulling right the way through the game, when he makes the changes that he makes. It doesn't really change the shape as such, but it does seem to change the intensity. And again, I think that's a Mane thing, that's a Henderson thing. I think the the key performance throughout, the one performance that I think doesn't change for the 90 minutes is Trent. I think everybody else finally gets to Trent's level. And I think that's one of the takeaways. Trent sets a certain tone and finally the footballers match it. Can I just say on Trent that I think he's possibly our biggest performer at the moment. I think that if if you could go out and buy a player that can deliver a cross like Trent can, who can dictate the play, who can hit crossfield balls like he can, that, you know, sees what's going on on the pitch and can make the right decision so often as he does. As a 21-year-old, you'd be talking 200 million. And I'm not exaggerating here. I actually think he's that good. And I think you're right. I think that for a player like that to be playing with... These this level of players that we've got at the moment because I I don't think there's anybody who's not world class in this team at the moment. I think there's some that you know maybe just on that level below that. But I think for a young lad to be standing out amongst those players and to be kind of like driving them on even, um, I I just think he's really really special and. I think he's a big part of what this Liverpool team are doing. This never giving in and. There was a there was a fella sat behind me um, at the Tottenham game and he was going mad about his deliveries from corners, <laughs> and I actually turned around to him and I said, "We've actually got a game plan, and it is literally to try and hit that near post and for Mane to get from wasn't exactly." It? And it, it's it's literally you can see it constantly that we're trying to keep hit that because it's really difficult to defend that near post. The little edge uh, of the six-yard box. Yeah, that that little missed, yeah. that little area where it goes into yesterday. It's so hard that even if the you know a defender gets a touch on it, the likelihood is it's still going to go somewhere in the box and it's going to create you know an opportunity for you to still score from. And I, I, I struggle sometimes that people can't see that there is actually a game plan in there. It may look ridiculous when it keeps getting cut out, or where, you know you keep going, oh, you, you can't beat the first man. He's not aiming to Rob. beat the. He's not actually aiming to beat the first man. He's actually aiming to to hit it in that area and for one of our players to be able to get a touch on it. And normally it's Mane that's in that area. And, and, and they're very switched on to the second phase on set pieces. So, yeah, as you said, it comes out it comes out for another snapshot from the edge of the box or it comes out wide and we get another chance of delivery from the same sort of... Well, if that hadn't gone in, Origi was right there. Yeah, exactly. He? So Yes, he was. Yeah, he's about to tap it in, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, just on the, the, the point of Trent, Adam... He makes the pitch, and again, it must, it's one that you notice when, when you watch games back. One of the things he's doing for this Liverpool side is, it isn't just him, it's Liverpool's game plan, but he makes the pitch absolutely enormous. 
it makes it so hard to be compact against because it's not just the ball to Robertson, he plays it to other people, but that ball is, you know, you can't set up for this because it's the old Rafa, Rafa's blanket metaphor that basically Alexander-Arnold's ma- ma- able to play in a way that he just takes your blanket out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just trying to think of how that works in terms of an actual blanket. He's a one-man blanket, or he's a one-man blanket remover. He's a one-man one man blanket tugger. Yeah, he's a, he's a blanket tugger. He's, he's, a, he's a wizard, a, a magician, whipping away the blanket and leaving all the, the plates neat on the table. That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's getting better every week, um, and that he seems like he's... Practiced, and you know, like you're a kid and you practice a special way of kicking or something like that, like a new free kick or a new just way of hitting the ball. Seems like he's added a new one every every time I watch him. Um, and I said last season that I felt like we were all playing very minor roles in the film of Trent's life, and I still <laughs> I still do, do sort of think of that. That like, yeah, that the the film was the film was quite boring for a, for a, about thirty years before he started playing. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? If you watch again, when you if you normally sort of slightly higher up when I'm at home but away from home you, you see near him there's a there's a cockiness an assured cockiness control cockiness in his body language which I really like uh, that's of a player who thinks who's very very focused on becoming the best player in the is. world near as damn it you really you can see actually in the clip last season from Barcelona against Barcelona just before he puts the ball in for Origi there is, there is, there is a confidence yeah, and a confidence. cockiness about it, and it's, it's in all of his play at so the moment. I used to say that this time last year, I, I was saying that I felt that I felt that it was a bit arlas on on Trent that he was always on his own. Robertson and Mane were teaming up, and there was more help down that side, and, and Salah doesn't doesn't help Trent as much. Trent's always isolated, and it's always him that that's being called upon to 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 do the you know to do the most in a way to do it to, well to to be able to, to have to pass it the furthest and run the 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 most the most miles. And this season, I think that makes sense. I think that was the plan. And I, I, I wasn't sure about it last season, um, but I think that now his technique is such that it, it's making it's making perfect sense. He doesn't he doesn't need somebody as, as close to him. He is he's he, Kevin he's, De Bruyne, ten yards back. Yeah, yeah. He will do any goals into the midfield. I think our next big purchase after uh, Mbappe twenty twenty, we should start looking for another right back, someone who can play. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, you're not going to be able to, <clears throat> you're not going to be able to replace since. Like for like, without spending a lot of money, unfortunately. But we should be looking for that now as a succession plan because he's too good to play right back for the rest of his career. I know right back is now a new. It's it's a totally evolved position on the pitch in the modern game. But he's too good to play right back. He's going, he's, he's going to win a Ballon d'Or if he goes into the centre of the midfield. Have you seen his average position this season? In fact, have you seen Liverpool's average positions? He's a bit statsy, but Andy Robertson's fourth highest, isn't he? So in some games, the, our, our the whole Liverpool team's average position as a you know. A, it's almost like a like a starting lineup, but it isn't. It's like a, a hexagon, um, and and you can, and it, you could see it best. And I think it might be something to do with the camera angle. But at Stamford Bridge, you could see our shape, and it was amazing. It was like I was saying, it's like a cobweb. It and and, and having seen it now, the average positions, it is like a cobweb. It's Where's a hexagon. Trent then? And so Trent is the one that's furthest away from the other points. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 you can. Intensely about fifth furthest forward. Yeah, yeah, and and he's not, I mean, he's nowhere near right back. That's for sure. The, the, well, I mean, that's where I think putting him in, in midfield would kind of ruin that because I think he has got the space to express himself at the moment, and I think if you put him into midfield, he would have players closer around him, and he wouldn't be able to dictate the play. I, I, for me, the problem is, I, I think there are, there are teams that are going to work on. I, I I never I never don't want to have the option there, but I, I wonder if it's a move, a surprise in games that if you had a, a, another, say, Kiana Herver turns out to be a, a Trent-like mm. kind of player, and you've got that kind of option, maybe in a couple of years' time. 
that you go, let's just change things up and have Trent driving from midfield. The one thing I do think we don't, I'm, I'm happy someone will say he plays right back for the rest of his life, this version right back. But I do agree with Kev, broadly speaking, that he, that the quality he could show. I think there are times when he gets on the ball and the shots he gets away, you think he's very close to becoming a lad who could give us 12, 13 goals from midfield. Mm. I think his shooting, his, his range shooting, we're not getting him in those positions often enough. And when he does get them, it's one every two games. And he, so he's not going to get into a rhythm of hitting the back of the net often enough. Free kicks is a good thing, but... Klopp will be thinking Philip Lamb. That's what Lamb did. Yes, they evolved yeah. him to move. Yeah, and yeah, Kimmel, so. they're doing that. Bayern have done that as well, yeah, haven't they? It's similar sort of, you know, player with a similar potential, amazing, amazing player that could play anywhere. We've had that. We've had it before. It's Steven Gerrard. Yeah, it's yeah. it his exact career trajectory. He starts off at right back, and then he moved. People, my, Tommy Schmidt, it always gets brought up, but he was always going on about leaving at right back because he'd be the best right back in the world, and he would have been. But he was, yeah, he was the best midfielder in the world, and I sense has got that potential in him, man. To, but he can't be carrying other people's water. Well, that's At the, the minute thing. he gets his water, so carries. it's a different midfield if he does, does that. He? I think, yeah, I think that for instance, I'm not sure. I'm I think, not sure I think, I think he's at the minute he's he's very looked after around Henderson. Henderson will go and fill in when Milner plays there. Milner will fill in when when Alden plays that side. They'll fill in. They'll make dummy runs to help create a little bit of space for him. I think he, he's not left on his own in quite the way. I think at times he's left on his own in how the shape develops. But he's not let. He's left on his own there because they can they can trust that they've created the pocket for him to be somewhere else. I think at the minute, I think if you were to, if you were to put Trent in at right, right, the right side of that midfield three as it operates, I think you've then got to say, right, the right back's got to be a bit more responsible, got to sit a little bit deeper and let Trent move into that space. Because I want, if you're asking me where I want him on the pitch, I want him as far forward as possible. Yeah. If he's doing that through playing centre mid, then you still need to have someone who's being responsible on that flank and, and looking after the space behind. That's wherever Trent is, if you know what I mean. And at the minute, he gets to play ahead of Henderson, but that, and that's yeah, deliberate. But yeah, yeah, but the thing with that is, what you're describing there is your midfielder covering for your fullback. That that should happen anyway. I wouldn't necessarily say that's carrying his water for him. I'd just say that's good tactic. Kind of, we're a good team with good players who can do that. I think if you take put Keanu Hoover, for example, if he does come along the way you expect him to, you take Henderson out and put Trent where Henderson plays. You mm. up that midfield. Tenson's a good player I like him I know a lot of people don't but I do Trent would take that midfield to another level him yes. and Fabinho but I don't think but I don't think Hoover's going to go and be Trent for you there at all and I think also you end up in a situation where you look at so the way City play it is that the fullbacks come in and play where the two lads who are theoretically playing eight play and then they go and play up front yeah. so that's where you're moving Trent so what you're asking for is for the fullback to come in and look after that space behind where Trent to go and join the attack and be much more useful and much more emphatic so no, but yeah my point is though Keanu Hoover now might not be what sense is but if it's not going to be Keanu Hoover, I'm, I'm not saying this is an easy, easy no, pick, I, by the way. We need to pick someone to play right back as well as centres, which is going to be very well, difficult. That's no, so why I think what you're doing here, if you're not careful, is you're taking someone who is practically just being referred to as a £200 million player and say it's and, and I agree by the way a two hundred million pound player and saying let's get another one of them because it'll all come together and I think that's where you know for instance Wamba Sakas has gone for sixty million and I like Wamba Sakas he's gone to United for sixty million and he can't do twenty percent of what Trent does in the attacking third this and he's a really good player he's he's a, he's he's, a, he's rightly a sixty million pound right back he rightly is defo no shadow of a doubt he's a right and back he, this, but he's a right back and that's the point this is the same conversation we were having about Steven Gerrard when he comes through there. I don't think. I, I think to, to me, Gerard always looked like a midfielder. But also, no one gave him a hundred games at right back and watched him get more assists, put more crosses in, put more key passes in than anyone else. No, and I agree. But because he moved into midfield quicker, because that was always going to be where he ended up. 
I understand. Listen, there'll be no problem for me if we can sign another midfielder with sense potential to go and play in the centre midfield and send plays right back for the next 500 games. No problem whatsoever. But the, the thing is, players like him, you don't get a player to play right back for his full career with the potential that he's got. If you do, you're going to waste him. And that, it's mad to say because of how good he is on that right-hand side. No, you're looking at me like I'm mad. No, I think the idea that we're wasting him at the minute when he's going to assist every other game he's and he's good. just won the Champions League. He's, you know? that, he's, he's that good that he would be wasted at right-back. That's how good I, I think he is. Put him in that centre midfield though and he'd but be like another Steven Gerrard. But, I think, the, the, the think, but is, I think you're thinking centre mid's fucking brilliant and I think Jurgen Klopp thinks I can't be that arse with centre mid. I just need lads in there who are going to make it happen for me. And I think there's a really strong argument that both both positions are right but that at the minute the commitment we've made towards is we want a centre mid that grafts, that shuttles, that moves left to right and that that'll broadly speaking do us. And I'm, the worry for me would be if you him. try... And I think... And I think there might be a point at which Klopp says, right, we've done that for three seasons, and now yes. we're going to do something totally different. That's what I mean. At which point you can do that. But then I don't think then you're looking for another Trent to come in and play right back. Then you might be looking for Wan Bissaka to play you right want back something different. or something the like that. The midfield would have to look completely different. I think that what the, the most important thing, obviously, is is what gets Liverpool to win the most matches rather than you know the, any one particular player. And I'm sure Trent would agree with that as well. Um, and I think that, that we're just thinking of it through the prism of what this team's like and what this midfield's like. And so if he did move inside, it wouldn't be into a, it wouldn't be it playing like a Henderson. Be an evolution it, it, or a change. It'd have to be a completely different sort of team. And that is what's going to have to happen anyway, because that's football. I did, I, I did just have another quick look, just, just to, uh, I'm looking at the Liverpool average position thing. And actually Henderson's really close to Trent. Now, now I look at it and it's like them two sort of next to each other. And I, think, miles I think one of the things that's kicked Trent on this season is since Henderson's moved and he knows he's got the cover. He knows yeah. he's got the security that that, that, that football is going to be there. And also he gets to watch Henderson make, make runs that create a little bit of space for him. That's what I mean when carried the water. Henderson does stuff which in theory, if you wrote it down, if I said someone went on the overlap, you'd go, well, the fullback went on the overlap and the midfield to cut inside. But it's no, the other way around. But it's the other way around for yeah. us. And I think that that's the really interesting thing. And that's what I mean. I think he gets to he gets to dictate play from there. And as I say, yeah, at some sort of point, if we decide to do it massively differently, then I can see you can end up saying, yeah, you you, you bring him in and you do it massively differently. But the way City do it is those fullbacks almost play as centre mids. And mm. and players holding centre mids, and everybody else plays sort of ten yards further up the pitch, and then the wide the wide midfielders in the centre go and go and play number ten, and that's where you see De Bruyne. I'm, I'm fascinated by it, but I yeah, think we've it's just d- options. I think, but I think we've stage. decided. I think the managers decided, and I'm flipping this, mm. and I think it's really interesting that he's decided that, and that it's working, and I think that's the key difference between us and City, even though it makes average positions on the pitch look dead similar. Do you know what just occurred to me there? So, sorry, Rob, it sure. just popped into my head there. Do you know what? Back onto what a slaughter, so, Robin VAR. Sound, yeah, I'm, I'm oh, well up for that. It, Trent could Trent's career you said about getting him as far forward as you possibly can do you know we could end up having a career like Gareth Bale who went from playing yes. fullback playing as a really attacking fullback and then eventually moved further forward left wing and then eventually was up front and was brilliant there had his best seasons when he was playing in that role for Tottenham so what I think is really interesting is I wouldn't have a problem if we actually I'd almost rather we didn't fuck about and at some point maybe it's next pre-season he starts in Salah's position yeah and that you don't fuck about in centre mid, you just almost go. Let's have a little look at what this looks like. 
And genuinely, I wonder about that, about whether or not that's where, certainly if he, if he finds himself as he grows older with with one yard extra pace, with a little bit extra spring, I, I could see that because all I want is for him to be able to be devastating. And I think that certainly the way we currently are, and as I say, it might change. I don't think, and it's strange because Henderson puts, even when he's playing crap yesterday, he puts a couple of cracking balls in. Mm. Uh, one where he chested down and, and Marnie should arguably do a bit better. But I just don't think that... Maybe it'll change, and maybe in February and March we're going to be talking about the fact that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's got 10 consecutive games in, he's scored seven goals, he's driven forward, and he's played that midfield role. I think maybe, maybe, maybe. But I think for now the manager's always going to go back to if I get enough graft in the middle of the park, everybody else can play. And I think if you want to know what the change is maybe for Trent, it might actually be when the front three breaks up. Because a massive reason why we play the way we play with the midfielders mm-hmm. is because they, they also graft for yeah. the front three. And it means that, for instance, Salah doesn't... Salah works really hard. He works harder than people give him credit for. But he doesn't have to work as hard coming backwards, backwards yeah. because he's got someone else. He pushes and presses and is aggressive, but they fill that space. Well, so, Trent, Trent was a front three player in his academy, uh, a lot of his academy years. I agree with with you on that and I can see I can see it becoming irresistible almost to put him in a front three at some stage uh, in the sense of the way Gerard, you know he was moved around from right to central to to eventually Rafa went how the fuck can I not I have to have him close to goal I have to have, to have him close to making the best chances for the best goal scorer in the team but Steve Gerrard just wants to play sentiment and be Roy Keane uh, yeah but I'm not talking about what the player I'm not talking about what the player wants I'm talking yeah, yeah. about what's, what's actually um, most effective so your VAR shit isn't it I'm not taking VAR on personally no your mate your <laughs> mate your mate just someone all over here yeah. she's as bad I'm coming over onto this don't you worry the one thing I want to say, I'm going to say about VAR and then I'm not going to get drawn into being a fucking scapegoat for yes it. you are but keep going okay you can have a go you can, you, you can have a go is there are about six or seven different arguments going on at once which people are just trying to hone under one umbrella of VAR's a bit shit isn't it and all kinds of contradictory statements like the, so, like the Firmino goal is disallowed by a linesman it is so you want linesman so you, so you don't want VAR you want linesman well it's disallowed yeah okay but VAR said it was disallowed as well. But yeah. VAR's shit. So a linesman's not shit when it's disallowed, but VAR is shit when it's so disallowed. I'm so amongst the, no, hang on. amongst the many arguments so against it, that's one of the most moronic, and we've heard it from... That's been the most go-to one, that one. People who are saying that are fucking idiots. So, right? so I don't want to hear the rest of their shit or your shit. So I'm, Philip, do you agree? So <laughs> I, am, I am mostly still... Relatively relaxed. You're I think agnostic. I am. I am very. I have been, and I remain very VAR agnostic. And I want to make that clear. I'm mostly my favourite thing when VAR fucks up is thinking about you. Thank that you. really, it's really nice. pleases I'll me. Take it. I'll take it. Uh, like, and I just think, oh, I, I, like, I want you to be going somewhere. For fuck's sake, and now <laughs> I'm going to get this again. Um, it's, it's my favourite thing about VAR. Is it's a hill the, I will it, die on it. Is the, yes, and I, I love you dying on hills. <laughs> um, so that's my favourite thing about it currently is the fact that I feel as though it's winding you up. Um, <laughs> there is a problem, Philip, and I, as I say, I do genuinely remain in that. I think that, for instance, one of the things that yesterday tells you is the story of the fact that the officials aren't very good. Um, and that, that remains the core Martin issue Atkinson's a cunt. around all of this sort of thing. <laughs> is that amen to that? Yeah. yeah, and that remains one of the core things here. Is that basically human error remains human error, uh, and that you know there's lots of conversations about whether or not people can get around the pitch well enough to be able to make decisions before you even introduce video cameras into the conversation. But there is a thing at the moment where the thing you can say about the video referee and, and the way in which it's being done is that it's pissing everybody off. That I think we're at the point now where whether it's Good in theory, bad in theory, the conversation you want to have, the way in which it's currently being employed is leaving everybody, practically everybody who cares about football in any meaningful way, going, Christ, this has got to be better than this. I think that's the problem. I, 
I was always for VAR and I still am, to be honest. It's, I think it's something that's required. I think there's so many poor decisions have been made um, down the years that something needed to be done. And my issue this season has been that they've not used VAR in the right way. So they've used it for offsides, they've used it for handballs in relation to goals being scored. When it came to penalties, red cards, etc., they've basically decided early on that unless it was an absolute stinker, which we have actually seen and they still haven't overruled it, that they weren't going to get involved. And that for me has created a real issue because people have said, well, what's the point in it then? Because all it's going to do is it's going to look at offside and it's going to look at if there's a handball when a goal's been scored. It's going to look if there's a foul in the box if a goal's been scored. What we actually need them to do is to be honest and say when the referee hasn't applied the rules of the game and at the moment it's not doing that. They're they're picking and choosing. So last weekend they decided that in the Everton game they're going to give a penalty for something that happened to Mane yesterday. The only good thing it's ever done. (laughs) But we look at yesterday's game, the exact same thing happens to Mane and they've decided actually people kicked off about that last week so this week we're not going to give it. Yeah. And... That to me is what is causing a major issue. People just want consistency and there isn't any. There's about to be the biggest game of, I would say, the Premier League in the last possibly three years is going to get played next weekend, Kev. It's going to be perceived that way. It's possibly the biggest game in the Premier League since Man City 4, Tottenham 1 in the December 2017, which I think sort of confirmed at that point City were going to be champions and that it was all going to go from there. I think even last season, it still felt in January when Liverpool went to City as though there's still so much season left. We now know how important these heads-to-heads are. So this game in perception, in the perception and the common imagination, um, my big concern with this is there's been, it'll be the 12th week of the use of the video referee in the Premier League. And you've still, broadly speaking, even beyond the arguments of its pros and its cons, you've still, broadly speaking, got no idea of what to expect. It could mm. give anything during the game. They could give everything. We've just got to pray Michael Oliver referees it. But even then, there still will be something and it could give anything. The the problem is, VAR, no matter how much it's refined, no matter how much it's improved, is always just going to be another referee exactly. making another decision. Yeah, exactly. So, it, what's the what's the point? It's for, for all it takes away from the game and it takes a lot away from the game, I'm... Anyone who tells me that um, I celebrate every goal when it goes in, well, fuck off. You don't. We did yesterday. Yeah, we did because it, it was a, it was off a corner and it went in. They get at United. No one is telling me that ninety percent of the ground didn't go. Oh, he looked offside. That's I, why. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but the line, the match going fan looks at the line and the line, the flag goes. Yeah, up. true. The problem is with, with VAR. We'll go on time more. It's a load of shit in my opinion. I think it's an absolute waste of time because you've got a bad referee on the pitch. Followed by his bad referee mate, Dana Heathrow. Exactly. What's the what's the point? It's, you, it, you can't and you can't improve that. You need to improve the standard of referees, and you need to give one referee the job of refereeing the football match. Put them on the pitch with the two linesmen and play it like that. And some of the some of the decisions they will get wrong. But what's the point of stopping the game for fucking three and four minutes looking at offside where an arm pisses offside? That's not in the spirit of the game. It's exactly what I was going to say. To be honest, Kev, it's it, it sounds it's that video VAR video referee ref bot. It all sounds really technological and futuristic. It's just a, a, a John Moss shot and a Martin Atkinson chaser. It's just, <laughs> it's just it's worst just, night out ever. It's a crap ref and another crap ref who's his mate sticking up for him. And it, it doesn't get any more technological than that at the moment. And it as as Philip has said, week by week, they're 
doing the same thing they've done for years, which is do a bit of context referee and try and fix something that they fucked up last week. There was uh, they didn't give a Rigi's foul at Old Trafford, and then the week after, some a goal gets yeah, disallowed for something that happens yeah. down the pitch. The problem that needed fixing was referees, personalities, egos, and context that's been cocking up football matches for 10, 15 years, maybe longer. Um, that has not happened at all because they're just they're just sticking up for them. They're, they're just sticking up for their mate and I, it's and it's people it's people it's not it's not robots this <laughs> I, is I like the idea of it being robots I, I honestly think though that they'd be better off having the referees on the pitch having VAR but having somebody completely neutral not having people that have been referees before yeah. like judging the referees because you're always going to stick up for your mate I don't care like a jury yeah, jury exactly. service <laughs> Do you know what? Like any of us, though, analysts, be, not refs. Any yeah. of us could literally be trained on like what the exact rules are in the game. I think you should be able to hear what they're talking about as well. Yeah, yeah. They, just they, make it. Just make they, it really hear, hear the conversation because there's just less transparency now and yeah. there's, well, than there's ever been. Account- rather than more accountability. Account- accountability is the, is the key thing. Is that the sh- we should be because what I I said that before this all started beginning of the season. What we'll see, and I was entirely wrong, is that, and I don't often admit that, but. Uh, I said it'll be much harder for them to uh, referee the narrative as opposed to what's actually happening. Ooh. Right? Well, yeah. I think I think the assumption that that would be the the, the direction of travel wasn't wrong, but the applications mm. it just shows how absurd the applications been. Yeah. Because because there's no accountability. I thought well, we'll have clear evidence. So if someone's died, like say the the the, the Brighton uh, Everton thing, the other clear evidence. If the entire universe then after the event looks back at those pictures and goes. How the fuck did he give a penalty? Then that video referee or, and his mate who did, gave it, it's black and white. They had all the information they required and they still gave a bad decision. They must never referee again or be on a, a red card or suspension. That is where the accountability should come in. But that's not happening. It's just being, there's almost this, this closed shop on it. Like, let, yeah. let's not talk about it because we don't want VAR to fail. So we won't make it accountable. I don't think any referees have actually been suspended since VAR came in. I think. No. It's ridiculous. The, the problem is... Well, drop down the division. No, drop down the division. No, you're right. When when you had like referees before like VAR came in, they were a protected species. They never have to explain why they've made certain decisions. They don't have to go in front of a TV screen and say, you know, well, actually, I gave it because of this. And therefore, get us to understand why they've made the decision. At the moment, we just think they're all useless. No, should I? I don't and, think either. Sorry, I thought you finished. <laughs> no, no. So I was just going to say that it's the same thing again now. You know, nothing has changed in that respect. They're actually more protected now because they've actually got the mate in a box watching it on the TV, actually agreeing with the wrong decision that they've just made. And it's just it's just making it into a farce. It's, it, it really is ridiculous. If the reason for VAR is to improve the standard of refereeing, how can having two referees be better than having one? Well, having one, no, the second in theory, Kev, the, the second one has more information. So it was, it was additional w- information. It was well. Did you see the Welford Chelsea game? No, because it's used. Watford get a penalty in the Watford Chelsea game, and it's used well there. So what happens is Kavanaugh, the referee, seemingly again the transparency would be nice, but seemingly, basically, someone just kicks Delafeu, just kicks him in the shin, and it's he's going through. He's in the general direction of goal, but it's one of those where the referee's a bit of a distance away because you can only keep up with play to a certain point, and also you don't want referees stood right in the penalty area because it's dangerous. So he just kicks him, uh, and Kavanaugh seemingly says doesn't make a decision what he does is he goes can you can you tell me if that's a pen or not 
to the to the yeah. video ref. He doesn't he doesn't go. It's not a pen, and then it gets checked. He seemingly provokes the. Action. That was the thing yesterday. It's the flag Sorry, goes up, be. doesn't it? And to, and and for Firmino being offside, the flag's gone yeah. up, and so that's like. So then you've got to defy the cricket, in the cricketing sense of an LBW kind of thing. If it, it, it unless it's really obviously onside, then they're going to give it offside because that's what the, the linesman's done. You don't want to it's, undermine. Him you see, it's it. really interesting because they've all been told, "Oh, this is what was happening when we had the World Cup," and you know, VAR has been used in Champions League. Is that unless it's clearly offside, they keep the flag down. Yeah. Let the play go on, and then see why that flag see. goes up. So the flag goes up. It's that tight. How on earth can that? Assistant exactly. referee have flagged it, and it would have been interesting to see if he hadn't have flagged it, if they would have then given it offside. Because I think they're actually influenced in the, by the fact that the assistant has actually given it offside. Okay, it's not going anywhere. We're going to be doing this again after the Man City game um, because the speed the Man City game is going to go at it might be too much even for big goals. Although if they don't give Michael Oliver the Manchester City game, then we might as well just basically end referees in general. <laughs> you've got one really good one, lads, and you've got a massive game next weekend. Give the game to the really good referee. It also happens to not be from a borough of Manchester, or and also seemingly has most of his own hair. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm asking for for this one. Uh, anyway, we'll move on very quickly to Genk. Uh, Liverpool side, Naby Keita starting for everyone. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain starting for everyone. We had this we discussion before this. under the lights. <laughs> yeah. I think Milner might get a, a I think start. I'm going with Oxley Chamberlain. You think Milner? Do you think you might do Milner for one of the fullbacks? No, well, I think he'll keep the full-backs in there because we've then got basically a week, a cheeky, cheeky week, week. We refer to it as on Under the Lights for um, the City game. If you're playing Monday, Saturday, you'd be like, that's a week off, and Tuesday, Sunday's exactly the same. So I don't see any reason not to. I think I don't see it being too much of a taxing game either. Trent doesn't look as though he could, he could run all day and all night. Robertson the same, so I wouldn't make the change there. And I think Milner deserves a goal in midfield as well in a decent game. I think it's worth sticking with pretty much the, the full... I would I would play Ox, I'd play Cato. Would you play Gomez? Um yes I would. Um and centre back. Yeah. Yeah. So would I. Um and I would play Trent. Um because I think when we go to the international break, I think Trent and Gomez pretty much get two weeks off anyway. So I so think that's it's mad. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, okay. Well, Salah, Salah's the other big question. So, will Salah, question. would you start Salah? I'd rest Salah. Rest Salah, Salah yeah. 100% rest him, yeah. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 